Well, thanks for coming to my session. I feel very happy to have you and a little bit intimidated because if you're thinking to yourself, perfect, I've found a session. Now I'm going to hear exactly what God has to say for my life. Uh, I'm a little nervous that uh, I need to kind of help your expectations a little bit. But um, I didn't grow up going to church. Um, so Christianity was very foreign to me. The whole concept, the whole idea of there being a God who one existed, but a God who cared, a God who was interested. That, that whole idea was very foreign, a foreign thought. And when I first became a Christian, I remember being at a church service one time, and I was doing a worship set, and it was an evening service. It was about 7.20 at night, and they were in worship, and I remember having my hands raised. I'll face this way, because that's where the band was. I just had a mustache hair point, poke me right in the nose. It's really gross. <laughs> So I'm sitting there doing worship, hands are up. During the worship set, I really feel God speak to me and say, Adam, I want you to go to the hospital and pray for your grandfather. My grandfather at the time was in the hospital. He had cancer. Um, nobody in my family was a Christian, only me. And so I remember hearing that and thinking to myself, uh, God, I'm in a worship service. Like I'm doing Christian things right now. I don't have time to go and do that. Uh, very similar to kind of David's story. Um, I'm going on mission. I can't go pray for somebody. And so I just remember having my hands up thinking to myself, I don't know if this is a thought or if this is God. And I don't want to just leave and assume this is a God thing and it's not a God thing. And then all of a sudden my, me looked dumb. And so I decided, no, okay, I'm not going to go. And so I went home afterwards and there was my dad um, with tears in his eyes. And he said, Adam, your, your grandfather passed away tonight. And in that moment, I was just struck because I started doing the timeline. It's like, well, when did he pass away? He passed away at eight o'clock. And I started doing the math of figuring out where the hospital was, where, where my house or where the, where the church was. And I realized, okay, the service just started at seven. It was about 7.20. And I, I could have made it there on time. And I looked back and I was like, I don't know what would have happened had I gone. But I do know I'm the only Christian in my family. At very least, I could have brought some sort of hope. And I, and I was really struck with, Adam, you missed it. You missed it. And it was kind of from that point on where I decided, if I'm going to be a Christian, I better do what God says. You know, otherwise, like, like, why even be a Christian? Like, what's the point of being able to hear from God if I'm not even going to be willing to actually respond when he asks me to do things? And that kind of sent me on a journey of really trying to figure out, one, how to, I don't know, how to pray. How, how to talk to God, but, but not, not just that. Also, how do, you, how do you hear from God? What, is, what does that look like? And not just how do you hear from God, then how do you actually go and just do it? And so that was my prayer. And so my prayer today, as I wrote this little session, um, it's how to hear from God and why you might not be hearing from him. And this is the thoughts that I took. I'll say this. I'm not the kind of guy, I really hate sitting in a sermon when the pastor doesn't bring out the Bible. It really bothers me. Um, so today I realize I'm doing what's kind of annoying to me. I'm not going to use the Bible, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to do it just because I want to really share my heart. And I'm going to actually give you the reasons why I personally, these are the reasons why I struggled hearing from God. And these are the things that I did personally to start hearing from God. And so um, I'm going to leave it there. Um, but I want to be as practical as possible. So number one, the number one reason why I struggled to hear God's voice was I didn't pray. And that seems so <laughs> obvious, but if we think about our lives and um, do we actually pray? 
do you? And what do you actually even think prayer is? And what is prayer? Is prayer just saying grace before you eat supper? Um, just returning thanks? Because sometimes prayer just sounds like a list of things I'm listing off to God. Sometimes it just sounds like wants. Like what, what is prayer? But I realized I didn't pray. And there's reasons why I didn't pray. Maybe you can identify with some of these. Um, one of the reasons why I didn't pray is I was skeptical. And I, that's because I, I didn't think God would answer my prayers. And so I thought to myself, okay, I don't want to actually pray a prayer that God's not going to answer in the first place. I'm not even sure. Like, like I, I became a Christian, and so I was hopeful that he answered prayers, but I wasn't sure if he would answer prayers. And I was a little bit nervous by it, and it's easier to not pray than to be let down. And so I just decided, okay, well, maybe I'm skeptical, so I'm not going to pray. Um, sometimes I didn't pray because I was distracted. And, and this happens often in life where we're, we're pulled in so many directions. And it's not because you're a bad person. Like you can be distracted just doing too many God things, too many church stuff where we're just so busy doing God things that we, that we forget that our Christianity is actually a personal relationship with God, right? It's not just, um, not just a worldview. It's not just a, a, a religion, a, a philosophy. It's not just, it's not that. It's a, it's a, at its core, it's a relationship with Jesus. And so, so if I got distracted by my other things in life or my other relationships or my other needs or my other stuff, I just, I just didn't find time praying. And so, so sometimes it was because I was skeptical. Sometimes I was distracted. Sometimes it was because I was more focused on helping others rather than helping myself. And this is one that um, really hits parents hard. Like I, I, I get so like tunnel vision on trying to make sure that my kids have a relationship with God that I neglect my own. I can worry. I worry so much about my kids being trying to find a, just just to have a faith. If they can just have a faith, or or the church. Like if if the church can just if I can preach a good sermon, so that way I can inspire the church. That'd be great. And all of a sudden, inadvertently, all my prayer life, my Bible reading goes into like sermon preparing mode or helping my children mode, and not necessarily helping myself mode. And it happens. It's very selfless, and we can kind of honor that. And that's the problem. You, you miss out on so much relationship with God, and, and it's, it's, it, it's real. Um, sometimes I got too busy with church stuff, where, and that's a, that's a great one because we can be, you can be the world's best Christian, but be a terrible son, a terrible, terrible daughter to God, you know, where it's like, I'm really good at church things. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to be here at conference. I'm going to pay for someone else to go to conference. I'm going to tithe 15%. Like, like you can, you can tell yourself a lot of things and you can be just really great at, at Christian culture, but just being good at Christian culture doesn't mean that you are hearing from God. Like, like, and, and so, so you can kind of start masking things. And so it's not that you're not praying because you're a bad person, but sometimes you're just not praying because he's got so many other things going on. Um, I learned how to live a vibrant Christian life without prayer. Because if you study, if you study just people, you can, you can predict what they want to say or what they want to hear. You, you, can, you can just get, you can start to predict what, um, how you want, how people... You can just kind of guess what, what a good Christian looks like. And, and just out of nowhere, out of routine and out of habit, um, y- you start to almost trick yourself into thinking that you got something that you don't really have. Because we know that if you come to church and if you raise your hands really loud and you sing and you, 
and you're off key, but you're really passionate, people are like, wow, that person is spiritual, right? You know that if you come to church and you just volunteer a lot, if you say hi to the right people, you make sure you say hi to Andy, you make sure people see that you're talking to Andy, you make sure that people, when you give your offering, it's like, I'll give my offering like this, right? And, and, and we can get really good at inadvertently putting on a show. Again, we're not doing this intuitively. Sometimes it just starts happening because the accolades and the appreciation of man is very tempting and very deceiving. And all of a sudden we realize, whoa, I'm doing all this to impress people, not to impress God. And um, it's this really, really weird thing that happens. Sometimes we just honestly, we get too comfortable. And uh, that's some of the reasons why I wouldn't pray. Um, I remember speaking in Nicaragua at a, at a church there. And uh, <laughs> I come from, in Edmonton, they were, they were so conservative. My church was so conservative. And worship, like God could be moving. People could be being raised from the dead. And people would be watching, like, that is, that is great. Kind of like Pastor Brent was talking about the other day at First Wednesday. Oh, that is, that is really great. Praise the Lord. And, and, and like, there's just this, there was, it seemed like sometimes there was no life. And I'm like, come on, where's the life? And, and there's this piece of me where it's like, where is it? And I remember going to Nicaragua, and I, and I was preaching. And then I gave an altar call and invited people forward. To, to, to give their hearts to the Lord. And uh, I was so nervous and conditioned by my Western Christianity that I closed my eyes and I was praying in faith, but it was with an interpreter. So I had a moment to actually pray honest prayers. My honest prayer was a lot more like, not God to save these people. It was, dear Jesus, please let one person at least come forward because this will be really embarrassing. Please, Lord, let somebody come. And then I opened my eyes and like the entire church is there. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, there's this hunger that, that they have. Because all of a sudden I realized that when they were praying, God, you're my provider, and me in Edmonton prayed, God, you're my provider, there was two different prayers going on, right? Their prayer was, God, you're my provider. I need to eat, right? So I need you to come through for me. In Edmonton, we pray just to kind of show off. And we, pray, we pray, like we, we had a different heart. Or I, I did. I'm not speaking for anyone other than myself. There was this time where I realized like, I don't, I don't need God to come through. And that's not fair to say. I don't even like that I thought that. But sometimes we think that. And if we're honest, we just look at our life. <laughs> I'm healthy. I got a car. I got food in my cupboard. I've got children. We're part of a great church. I don't really need to pray because I can just come and do Christian things. And, and then that's fine. And that's like the saddest piece of Christianity. Like the piece of Christianity that makes me just sad is when Christians, we just get so good at doing church stuff that we don't really have a relationship with God. We don't really talk to him. We don't really hear from him. We don't even think that he wants to talk to us. We just think that being a Christian means going to church and doing church things. And the church things are great and they're really wonderful, but they're, they're byproducts of the relationship with Jesus. And when we skip that, we miss out on a lot of things. And so there's a season where I didn't pray, seasons, and there's also seasons, though, where I prayed, but I didn't listen. And so maybe you can identify with some of these ones, where all of a sudden I realized, like, okay, I'm praying, but when I pray, I just talk too much. 
Like to me, I, when I pray, it's just me talking. Like this whole idea of prayer being a two-way conversation like was absolutely foreign to me. This idea of like, like listening to God, that wasn't a piece of the routine. It was, okay, I'm going to go pray. I'm going to say a bunch of stuff. And then I'm going to go and do my thing. And there's just this piece that was, that, that's missing. And that can happen sometimes, especially if you feel like you, you're struggling to, to hear from God. Because God, God doesn't just talk to you like, like, hey, how's it going, Joan? It's me, Jesus, right? Like, it doesn't quite work like that, right? And so what happens is we start to just click into, well, I'm just going to just talk a lot, and I'm just going to do a lot of talking. But if, you, if prayer at its core is a conversation, we've all talked to somebody who just talks. <laughs> that person's exhausting. And there's sometimes I wonder if God's in heaven thinking, you are exhausting, if you would just listen to me a little bit, you would save yourself a lot of grief because you do a lot of talking. But I'm trying to also do some talking, but you're never listening. And, and that's part of the problem. Um, sometimes, honestly, I, didn't pr I prayed, but I didn't listen because I focused on impressing God rather than actually communicating to God. Um, I assumed that when I prayed, I had to, I had to have these like, really Christian-sounding prayers. Right. And the more Christian my prayer sounded, I assumed that the more likely God would answer it. Right. And so when I prayed, I would quote King James Version as opposed to the New Living Translation, because if I have a thy and a thou, then God's going to care more somehow. Right. <laughs> and, and so there was a little bit of that. And that this happens, especially for new believers, because prayer is such a such a foreign concept to me. I would see people who have a relationship with God. I'd see them pray um, and I'd be like, I want to be like them. And so I would just copy the way they prayed. Now, one of the things I did as a young person, I feel like was a really good idea. And this is in my notes. This is a freebie. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a young person, I spent a lot of time hanging out with with seniors who had a relationship with God because I could see how they prayed. And they, there was this, their, their prayers were seasoned. You know, it wasn't just like, my youthful zeal was beneficial. There's, there's a perk to that. But being able, you're, you're naive enough to, you've never been hurt. And so you just assume everything's always going to be perfect. So you have this really faith-filled prayers. But then I would listen to somebody who's been a Christian for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And all of a sudden I realized, wow, they pray a lot differently. And, and there was something about that that I thought was really captivating. And so what I did as a 20-year-old, I just started copying being their prayers. Problem was, one of the guys had a Scottish accent. And so <laughs> when I prayed, I would throw a little bit of Scottish in there because I thought, well, maybe, maybe you'll hear this a little bit more, Lord. And uh, I, I wasn't doing much listening because I was kind of performing, but I, didn't, I wouldn't have articulated like that. But that's totally what I was doing looking back. Um, focused on, I, I prayed, but I didn't listen because I was focused on receiving from God rather than having a relationship. Um, it's so easy to approach God as a genie. Um, where we just go to him just for our needs, just for when we want something. Um, that's exhausting. <laughs> I think of my own children. If my own children only ever talked to me when they wanted something from me, that would be really hard, you know? And sometimes I, I just had to like look, take an honest look at my prayer life, and I realized, oh, like I'm being like the worst son. Like, like, if you're actually my heavenly father, let's just assume that for a moment. And if I'm going to believe that you are my heavenly father, and I only talk to you when I want something, or when my life's falling apart, or when things aren't going my way, like, what does that say about my relationship? 
And if out of my core, I have a personal relationship with Jesus, you can kind of like, that, that just shows you a picture of your, of your, not just your prayer life, but a picture of your, just kind of your relationship with God. And, and so part of the reason why you might have a hard time hearing God is because we're just not listening to him. Um, I didn't pray, or I prayed, but I didn't listen because I was focused on the outcome rather than the process. And uh, I think I assumed... <laughs> After I realized that it wasn't good just to want things all the time, I subtly devalued the whole conversational process, right? Like, this is going to sound crass. I'm just trying to make sure I don't have any kids in the room. If you're in a marriage relationship, and that's a terrible analogy. Never mind. No, I'll use it anyways. Who cares? (laughs) If you're in a marriage relationship, and... You're wanting to have sex, okay? And there's zero communication, and it's only assumptions, and, and you think that, that sex is the, the be-all, end-all of your marriage, and that's when everything is perfect and great, and if we're having sex, then, then that means you love me, okay? Um, and you eliminate all the conversation, all the relational side of things, all the idea of loving and walking with one another, listening, hearing, the time spent. You, you can't just have one without the other. Right? If you have one without the other, that sex is devalued. That sex is, is not the way, like it, it misses something. Right? And this is maybe a terrible analogy, but hopefully it's landing. Um, when it comes to God, like if we want a closeness with God, right? And we, want, uh, we want to be able to hear God's voice. We want to be able to spend time with him. We want to be able to, to be with him. Like, like what are you really asking for? Like what do you think that looks like? Like, like, do you think it just looks like you're feeling like you're levitating all the time? You just feel like this euphoria, it's all great? Or do you think it looks like just a, a awkward, ongoing conversation? Like, just, just a, a loving conversation that happens every day. Like, your marriage doesn't ever look like only your honeymoon, right? There's, there's the, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday that also have to go as into the, the marriage relationship. The same thing happens with hearing from God and the whole prayer process. Like we, we boil prayer down to like, I'll have a good prayer time if there is a miracle. And so if there's a miracle, then I will quantify that prayer as a good prayer. But that doesn't make any sense, right? Like if we want to have, be, he- be able to hear God, God doesn't, just doesn't do miracles every five minutes. Like there's this idea of like, of relationship that needs to build this idea of like learning to listen to God. And so part of the process of being able to hear from him is getting yourself in a place where you actually want to hear from him, not just for what he can do, but for who he is. We seek his, it's so easy just to, to, to kind of worship his hands, right? Um, well, you, I have a mouse. It's gross. I don't know why on earth I bought a mouse for my kids. Dumb. But we bought a mouse, right? My relationship with the mouse is me grabbing food and putting it into a dish. That mouse, the only relationship that mouse has with me is my hand. And because that mouse is a relationship with my hand, he can assume that that's the only thing I'm being fed by the big hand. And the only aspect of who I am to that mouse is a hand. Think about that if that's your relationship with God. 
right? Like your relationships only with this proverbial hand that shows up and takes care of you when you can know like the fullness of who God is as a person, like, like you're missing out. You're cutting yourself short. If, if the only thing you're seeking is God's hand, the, the, the result of a prayer, but if it's the, the actual act of praying that conversation with God, then it starts to change. There's a season there where I prayed. Oh, great. My computer turned off. Praise the Lord. Um, there's a season where I prayed, but I didn't listen. And, I, and that's partly because I couldn't discern God's voice. And I was confused by the response. I just assumed. I don't know, I don't know what I, I thought God would sound like, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation where you're trying to hear God, so you kind of assume, you make some assumptions. Like, I think God talks like this, right? Like, I remember, a time, I can't remember if I shared this in a sermon on a Sunday, and if I did, I'm sorry. But uh, I remember a time where I woke up at like three o'clock in the morning, and I'm lying in my bed, and I hear this, and I was like, what does that sound? And then all of a sudden, I hear this, and it must have been, I just must have been tired. But my first thought was, God's speaking to me. And I look back at that, and I'm thinking, like, what was I thinking? Like, why did I think that was God's voice? And I remember thinking to myself, like, of course that's God. Like, I always assumed he would talk like this. It's just so Jesus that he would have a super high-pitched voice. It makes total sense. And I'm sitting there listening, and then all of a sudden I'm like, what am I doing? I'm so tired. This is so dumb. But then I was curious, and so I'm walking around my house. with, um, It doesn't matter what I was wearing, but I was walking around my house. And, and I could hear this, and I'm walking around so curious. And then I started getting, like, scared, thinking, well, what if there's a robot in my house and like and I'm like like my mind was going everywhere and then I realized it was my smoke detector right saying like you need to change a battery but in this high little robot voice right and it's like oh my goodness I'm so dumb and then but in that moment I, I still had the thought I just thought it was so funny that I thought that was God's voice right and I just I spent some time praying I was like God that is so ridiculous like I can't even believe that that just took place um, and then but as I was sitting there uh, I started to pray, and then I felt like the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to pray for your grandfather. Like, again, a different grandfather. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray for my grandfather. I'm up. I may as well pray. I pray. I go back to bed. The next morning, my uncle calls, and he's like, Adam, Papa Gary, he passed away last night at four in the morning. And I'm like, oh. I was totally awake. I was praying for like, like that exact moment. Like I thought, I thought God was my smoke detector, but I was praying and, 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 and uh, it was this crazy little moment, right? But, but I think sometimes we just, we just can get confused with how like the voice, we don't know what we're even hearing, right? And so, so that, that hurt, hurt me in terms of being able to actually hear from God. I didn't know what I was listening to. I was confused. Um, sometimes I prayed, then I listened, but I didn't actually hear. And uh, maybe I need to unpack that, but it's really easy to listen to somebody and not hear from somebody at the same time, right? And uh, what happened was I assumed my urgency coincided with God's urgency, right? And so let me give you an illustration of what this would look like. So, so I'm praying, okay, God, I need you to move. I'm feeling the urgency. Maybe you, maybe you have a bill coming out and you don't have anything in your bank account. And so you're praying and you're freaking out. It's like, okay, God, I don't have any money. I really need you to move. I really need you to come through. I need to be able to pay that bill. Well, help me. And, and so, so we pray. And then so I sit there and I don't hear anything. 
because you're, you're assuming that God's going to answer that particular prayer or, or, or whatever it is. And, and because maybe that doesn't happen, maybe, that does, maybe you pray for somebody and they pass away. Um, I've prayed for lots of people and they pass away. Maybe you pray for something and you think um, something great's going to happen, but nothing great happens. And there's this kind of disconnect kind of moment. It's easy to assume, oh, I didn't hear from God. When maybe, maybe we just didn't see the full picture of what was going on. Maybe we didn't understand that my urgency that I'm feeling isn't the same as God's urgency and God's timing. Maybe God sees more of the picture of what's going on. Maybe God needs somebody to walk through some hardship in order for them to really give their hearts to the Lord. I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I don't want to speak on God's behalf. All I do know is that not every prayer I've ever prayed has been answered, and there's got to be some kind of reason for that. And so uh, the best way I can I understand that in my own mind is that my urgency doesn't always align with God's urgency. Um, Sometimes I've prayed, but I didn't listen. I didn't hear because I assumed that what I was hearing wasn't God. And what I mean by that is sometimes God speaks a lot more practically than we give him credit for. And we'll pray for things like, God, help me. I need you to come through in my life. And somebody comes and they help you and they meet that exact need. And you say, Thank you, God, for that. But I need you to help me. And then God some, some, sends somebody else in your life. And you're like, thank you for this. But God, I need you to come through for me. And God is answering your prayers, but you don't even give God credit for it because we're looking for something more mystical than, than what we experienced. I think we assumed that like Jesus always walked on the water everywhere that he went. Right? Like, oh, if I could walk on water, I would only walk on the water. I'd never take a boat. But yet when you read the Gospels, Jesus often takes a boat. And so you think to yourself, why would you take a boat if you could walk on water? Because Jesus doesn't have to do supernatural things all the time in order to be present in somebody's life. Sometimes God does practical things and answers prayers by a practical means. And that doesn't take away the, the, the spiritualness of it. Like... It, it just doesn't do that. I, th I just think sometimes we can be blinded by, by our assumptions. We assume God's going to work a certain way. I don't hear God in a deep voice. I don't hear God in a super high-pitched voice. And so then I assume I'm not hearing God, but yet God's still speaking to me and leading me, right? Um, little really practical, helpful tip if you're trying to, to hear God's voice. I think it goes without saying that we would all understand that God will speak to you through your mind, Right. And, and all of a sudden you might get this thought that appears to come out of nowhere and you get this 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 feeling or this sense. Right. So oftentimes when I say that I hear from God, that's what I'm referring to. I'm not hearing this talk to me. Right. Now, uh, a easy way to figure out. I shouldn't say easy. That's not true. A simple way. Better, better word. Um, a simple way to figure that out is this test. OK. When you do something wrong. OK. And, and you, you messed up. And somehow you messed up. You're going to get one of two feelings, okay? You're going to have a feeling that comes, to, that feels a lot like either conviction, or you're going to have a feeling that feels a lot more like um, condemnation, okay? One of those feelings is telling you you're a loser. You're never going to amount to anything. Of course you did that. You're an absolute failure. That's the con condemnation side. One of those feelings is going to feel a lot more like, oops. I can't believe you did that. Like, there is forgiveness. There is hope. You messed up, 
but but this there there is there is possibility there, there like this can turn around you're better than this i created you for more and, and and as you learn to be able to discern those two feelings what you're actually learning is you're learning to hear from god because god speaks like that and that same voice that that convicts you when you sin is that same voice that's going to lead you and, and guide you as you walk your, walk your Christian walk? It's the same thing. The more you talk to somebody, the more you can discern their voice. Um, if you've been part of Alpha with me, I've probably shared this story lots. I started dating Shandy in high school when I first started dating her. This is before cell phones were cool or even really invented. And so um, we started dating, and so I would call her up. Um, her, her mom would answer the phone. I remember one time we'd been dating for like three months. I was feeling a little bit more confident. And I was like, hey, babe, how's it going? Then her mom was like... <laughs> Uh, one second, let me get you, Shandy. I'm not your babe. And, uh, <laughs> and in that moment, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm such a loser. And, uh, but I also realized um, I didn't quite understand Shandy's voice. I, I, I didn't know it as well as I thought I did. Now, after being married for 15 years, dating, we've been together for almost 20, um, I can hear her voice on the phone. Uh, I was in my office the other day and I heard a cough outside and I was like, oh, Shandy's here. And sure enough, she came and walked in my office and you can learn to hear it. The more time you spend with God, the more you're going to be able to, to hear from God. Sometimes I prayed, I listened, but I didn't hear anything because I was scared of what I heard. Honestly, um, I, I, I prayed, I'm listening, I'm hearing God speak to me, but I do not like what he said. And so it's easier for me in that moment to say, Nope, didn't hear from God. <laughs> that, that was definitely not God. That was definitely me because God would not ask me to go over there and pray for them. God would not ask me to do that. No way. And so sometimes it's not so much that we're not hearing from God, but if we're truly honest, we're, we're rationalizing it away. Um, this is particularly the case when it comes to, I find when, when it comes to working with the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit moves, there's a lot like, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I like to, uh, ever, I don't think that, but um, I like to engage the intellectual side of my faith, right? And I got myself in a hole because what happened was inadvertently my desire to, to rationalize everything that I believed, if I was going to be totally honest, was actually me being scared me not feeling comfortable with being able to, I just didn't like that there was mysteries to God. I didn't like that I couldn't understand everything. I didn't like that I couldn't uh, um, um, reasonably defend my opinion on something or why God moved in that way. And so I would say, no, I don't, I don't believe that. But in, and, and to a degree, I understand where I was coming from. But what happened is I, I, I rationalized it and I told myself that what I would do, it was doing was noble and pure. But in my heart of hearts, what I was doing, I was just scared. And I, I didn't have enough faith to actually believe that God would speak to me so directly. And, and that got me into trouble. Um, I prayed, I listened, I heard, but then I didn't act and I didn't want to do anything God told me. And that was sometimes the problem, right? Um, it's easier. Okay, sorry. I would pray. I would listen. I would hear. But then I wouldn't do anything with that. And the reason why that was, is um, it was easier to not actually do what God was asking me to do. Um, the, the cost was lower. Um, it feels good to hear God. It doesn't always feel good to live out what he asks you. 
And so we can start telling ourselves, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't hear from God. Like, even though God's like so obviously telling you, go to Bible college or, or, or start a small group or, or do this. And you're like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just thinking those thoughts. I'm zealous. It's the moment the, the Holy Spirit keypads are playing. Like, like, that, like there's some, I'm being manipulated here. This is no way this is God. I'm just thinking this. And I just feel I can find a million and one reasons to rationalize something out of the door. Like life is so funny, right? Like you can, like, you can rationalize anything. Right? Like, and it's such, a, it's such a funny thing. Like, if you really don't want to do something, you can find a rational reason why you shouldn't do it. If you really don't want to do something, you can find a rational reason why you should. And uh, that's why it's so important. Like, sometimes your mind can cause you a whole bunch of trouble. Just, just listen to Jesus. Do what he says. Don't overcomplicate it. Um, I prayed, listened, heard, acted differently because, um, quite honestly, I didn't apply it to my life because I misunderstood the value of Scripture um, for a lot of years. Um, I didn't like hearing from God. I didn't really want to hear from God because I really didn't want to, I didn't want to read my Bible, right? I didn't see the value of it. To me, it was just, okay, I had a Bible, great. Christians use this thing to teach people. I should probably read it because that's what they, they tell you in Sunday school. But there was no, there's no love for it. And it wasn't until I learned to love the Bible that I learned to love to pray. I learned to love to hear God's voice. Um, that's why you'll see me um, when I when I speak. I'm going to use just the Bible, and and I want I want I want to, I do that. I didn't. I used to not do it at all. Like I used to try and memorize everything because I thought that was cooler. <laughs> and, and so so Shandy one day she said to me, she's like, Adam, it's really great that you can memorize that scripture, but it'd be really awesome if you could show people that you're reading it from somewhere because that way people can learn to see and value the Word of God. And so, so, so I started that, that track. And, and so I, I read the Bible, not because I have to, but because I want to. I read the Bible because I've learned that I've, I can, you can hear God's voice the more you read that book, the more you realize that, yes, this is 2,000 years old, but hey, it still applies. The principles are the same. We as humans, we're still fallen. We still do the same stuff. We struggle with the same things. There's nothing new under the sun. And, and so you can find those answers, and God will speak through the scriptures, and it's a, it's a cool thing. Also, um, I was satisfied with low accountability, um, which I think we all are, because it's easier when you're not accountable to anything. And so if I could just tell myself that I'm not hearing from God, then I'm not accountable for what I heard, right? Um, oh, I didn't read the Bible, so now, now I'm not accountable, because I didn't know, but I didn't know. You can't blame me. I didn't know, right? But when I know, now it's like, oh, shoot. I, I got to live out my faith. I got to model generosity to my children. I, I got to forgive people who have hurt me. Are you kidding me, God? I just want to flip them off or punch them in the neck. Well, one of the two, right? But, but you got to kind of dig deep sometimes if you're going to live out this Christian faith, right? And, and, and y you do that through the Bible. So, I don't know if that's helpful. Hopefully it is. We're tracking the right direction. Um, things I do to hear God's voice. Um, again, uh, there's people who have been Christian in here far longer than I've been alive. And um, you could do a better job at this. I'm just going to share what I, what I do. Um, when I pray, if you're taking notes, write this down. When I pray, I pray like I believe that God is real and that he actually listens and cares. If we can start there... <laughs> your prayer life's going to change. Like if we could actually just just assume for a moment, like you've probably heard it. I, I, people make fun of me on staff because I have certain things that I do and they always make fun of me. They make fun of me for talking like this, right? Um, they make fun of me because I pretty much start all, I start all my prayers with um, God, thank you that you're real. Um, for me, 
I'm just really thankful that God is real. Like, like I live my life thinking that he wasn't. Like arguing with people, trying to convince people that he didn't exist. And all of a sudden, I realize that he does exist. And I'm really pumped about that. That's really, really beneficial and, and really awesome. And so this whole idea that, that God is actually real changes the prayer dynamics right? Because some people throw prayer in like the meditation category. We just need to just give it all to God and just, just give it all, just put it all in a bucket and just leave, right? And, and you get these kind of like, what do we think when we think of prayer sometimes? Like if you really think about prayer and you boil it down to a conversation with God, a conversation that both is us talking to him and us listening from him, that is prayer. Then all of a sudden prayer is actually really awesome, right? Because now you have God who wants to speak to you and direct you and guide you. And it's not just you having to figure out how to be a Christian in 2019 on your own, but you actually have a personal relationship with God. God wants to guide you and direct you and walk with you. That's a pretty exciting thing, right? And so this idea of praying like you believe God is real, that's, that's big, but actually listening and understanding that he cares, he does listen, that's helpful. It's easy to assume he doesn't when he doesn't answer your prayers. Um, I don't answer all my kids' requests. Do I not love them? No, I just, they can't live on only Halloween candy. Like that, like, like that's, <laughs> like they can't. Like I will get in trouble from their teacher if I give them only chocolate bars for lunch. And, and, and they want this, but it's like, I can't, I can't answer that request, right? Anderson ans asking me, dad, can I drive the car? I'm like, <laughs> bro, you're 10. <laughs> no, you can't answer the, drive the car. But, but I'll say, no, you can't drive the car, you're 10. Doesn't mean you'll never be able to drive the car. Like one day you'll be able to drive the car when you're older, when you can see past the steering wheel, when you can reach the pedals, when you're 16, but, but you can't do it when you're 10. And so sometimes we assume that God saying no to us is just God hates us, but it's, it's not that. It's just sometimes it's not now, sometimes it's not yet. Um, but this whole idea of like actually just praying that God is real. Like when you pray a prayer, do you, do you think that God's listening? Like when you pray a prayer, like, do you pray as though you actually believed what you prayed could come true? Or like your prayer actually is going somewhere? Because sometimes we can be, and I'm always, I'm pointing at myself. And like, even as a pastor, like I'm literally kind of paid to be a Christian, <laughs> right? Like, like, and, and, and so like, but even me in that context, right? Even me, I can struggle with this sometimes. Because this idea of there being a God who, who created the universe, created the heavens and the earth, who, who died and sent his son to die for me, who, who knit me together in my mother's womb, like I can actually talk to him. And that seems so, like it seems too good to be true, but that doesn't mean it's not true. And so we can tell ourselves sometimes, well, it's too good to be true. Therefore, it's probably not true. No, it actually is true. And that's the most amazing and compelling piece of Christianity. You get to talk to God. It's, it's, I can't believe how much I take this for granted. The other thing is, number two, um, I create margin in my calendar. Um, I, I put myself in a position where I'm not too busy. And I don't put margin in my calendar to pray. I don't want to kind of make myself sound different. Um, I put my margin in my calendar to give me space to respond, right? Like if we're too busy, like that impacts everything. 
Um, I have four kids. They're, they're busy. My life is busy. I work full time. Shandy works full time. Like time is a premium. The most valuable thing that we have is time. And so I don't have time to, to, to waste. And so I need to be very intentional. So I make sure that I have time in the mornings to pray to God. I make sure that I, I spend time during the day to pray to God. But the most important thing to me is like, I don't want to be so busy that I'm always running because I then miss the opportunity to respond when God leads. I think it was Jason who was talking about that this morning in terms of persevering and creating space to be able to actually go out and talk to people, to spend time with people, and, and to reach people. Um, so that, that's important. Creating margin in your calendar, not just to pray, which is important, but also to respond. Um, number three, um, I put myself in a position where I need to hear God. <laughs> um, take some risks in life. Get uncomfortable. Like... I'm probably really frustrating for my wife. Like I really hate being comfortable. So I really like change. I, I really like change because it forces me to have to depend on God. It forces me to be in this position where like, God, if you don't come through on this, I'm going to look so dumb. So like, I need you to come through on this. And, uh, that's actually really beneficial to the prayer life because it's like, I got nothing else other than you. I need you to show up right now. And, and, and so that helps. And sometimes we can just get so safe with our Christianity and our, our, um, the way we practice our faith that we don't really, need to hear God and, and it's just we can just kind of assume what he thinks and then we're okay with that but if God really wants to be a part of your life take advantage of that like 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 own that like like talk to him put yourself in a place where you need to hear him um, the other thing I like to do is I like to look for God's voice in nature I like to like to look for God's voice in people I like to look for God's voice in circumstance um, I think I realized a long time ago that that everything speaks um, everything speaks and just this idea of like one of my favorite prayers and like I kind of go through my head sometimes and laugh at myself because I, I, I I'm on repeat often and so if you if you would listen to every sermon I've ever preached here this prayer often comes up I'll say God give us eyes to see people the way you see people give us ears to hear you um, that's my prayer always because if we can get ourselves in that position that's a pretty sweet place to be God, help me to, to see like you see. So, so Lord, help me to look at a, a, a homeless man through your lens. What can I learn from them? What can I learn about you through them? What can I learn about you through brokenness? Um, do a, doing hospital visits, praying with somebody on their deathbed. That, that'll wake you up. That'll, that'll change how you see life. It's just the fragility of life. Um, understanding, like, God, speak to me through my own children. God, speak to me through um, just this, this season that I'm in. I'm, I'm 35. I'm, I'm trying to figure out life. I moved to a new city. Like, what, what does that look like? God, speak to me in this. And God will speak to you in circumstances. Sometimes God answers prayers, not just with an audible voice, but through, through circumstance. Sometimes he closes doors. Sometimes he opens doors. Every, everything speaks. I got the hand. We're almost done. Um, don't over mysticize the process I, I try and say that as much as I can um, to people um, I think we can miss out on on God if we're always waiting for miracles and not necessarily waiting on him um, it just it skews what we're looking for um, I'm trying to convince Shandy to sell our car and buy a Jeep that's that's my current goal you can all pray with me on this this is great and uh, it's so funny now that I've got my eyes fixed on a Jeep I see them everywhere. Like literally, Jeeps are everywhere. And you've probably noticed this with your car. You never saw your car before, and all of a sudden you buy that car, now you see your car everywhere on the road, right? The same principle happens with hearing God. 
if you put yourself in this posture where you're hearing from him, you're talking to him more, you're going to see him in more things. You're, you're just going to, you're going to notice that more. Um, number six, can't underscore this enough. Um, read the Bible to get to know God, not just memorize content. Um, nobody's going to give you, well, somebody might give you a high five for reading through the whole Bible. <laughs> great. It's a great treat. You read through the whole Bible, just like you might get a badge for going to church every week instead of every second week. You might get a badge, but it doesn't make you a better Christian. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no number of like, you, if you give this much, you're a good Christian. If you pray this much, you're a good Christian. If you read your Bible this much, you're a good Christian. If you attend this much, you're a good Christian. There, there's, there's no numbers. Like, the system doesn't work like that, right? And so when it comes to reading the Bible, like, ask God to, to, to illuminate the scriptures for you, to be able to help speak to you through the Bible. That's like all, it's my favorite thing. If you leave here with anything other than that, read your Bible. Like, please, good Lord, just, just get into that thing. Like, people who come to me and say, I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. Like, like, like read your Bible. Like, like, I'm having a hard time hearing God's voice. Read your Bible. Like, like, really, read your Bible. Not just because I'm a pastor and I tell you to, um, but read a Bible so you can know God. Like, like you could, there's no better way to learn who God is than the Bible, not just podcasts and not just Sunday morning church. Like you have a personal relationship with God. There's a place for church in your life. There's a place, place for, for teachers and speakers and pastors. There's a place for that. There's a place for the Sunday morning gathering. There's a place for podcasts. But if all of your intake from God is through other people, there's no wonder you're having a hard time hearing from God. You're letting other people do it for you. You don't need an interpreter. Go right to the source. And the final one I'll leave you with before I give it to Amy is, remember, I, I just remembered that my faith is a relationship, not a worldview, right? And I kind of touched on this earlier, but that really does change things. Your, your, your Christianity, you're a Christian, not because you go to church. And you're a Christian, not because your parents were Christians. You're a, per a Christian based on one thing, whether you have or don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's it. And so it doesn't matter what church, denomination, who you are. I don't care who you are. Like, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you're not a Christian. And how do you know if you have a personal relationship? Well, you have you have. A relationship. What happens in a relationship? Conversation, communication. Those are all a piece. They go hand in hand. And so it's easy to sell the prayer life short if for you prayer is only a thing to do rather than a means by which you live, right? A means by which you interpret your entire Christianity. Like prayer is a big deal. The end. <laughs> <laughs> So, Amy, you guide me in this. I am so sweaty. I'm just trying to see if I have sweat marks, and I don't. Prisler. Okay. So, we promise we have fresh air for you out there, but we do have a few minutes for questions. Um, before we have actually lots of time for questions. So, um, we'll just take a few of those. Uh, can you repeat them when they ask them? I will repeat them. Okay. Tongues and interpretation will happen. <laughs> Yes. Oh, sorry. You'll be number two. You'll be number one because I saw the hand. Oh, the best question ever. Um, that recovery. Uh, right. How do you. Re question was the question was, how do you recover if you thought you hear from God and you heard wrong? Um, it's awkward. Um, 
but don't stop trying to hear God. Um, in any relationship, I, Shandy, I like to think that Shandy and I have a good relationship. Um, we've been together, as I said, for together almost 20 years. Um, the number one thing that we have a problem with is communication. Like if I if I look back and say like what's what's a piece like like boil every argument we ever have in some kind of way it boils down to some form of communication. Either she said something and I misinterpreted, um, I said something and she misinterpreted, uh, I said something and I was super rude. She she's never rude so it's fine. But 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 usually I am or, or whatever. Um, if I hurt her, like in any communication, if you you think you hear something and you don't. It's awkward, but then how do you how do you reconcile it? You, you keep talking. Don't 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 give up. Keep going. I remember I thought I heard a lot a lot of things in my life, and uh, and, and learned one. You learn. You, you learn how to pray through that. You, you learn from, by mistake, trial and error. I always think back to there's that story in Acts where where the man the the, the there's a panhandler and he says I'm I'm. I'm I'm, this is a terrible paraphrase, but he comes up to Peter and he says to Peter, like, like I'm, I'm sick or whatever. And there's the whole line where he says, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have in the name of Jesus, get up and walk, right? I stand back and I say, okay, Peter is a human being just like me. Why did Peter respond the way he did? Because I've walked by a, hundreds of homeless people and not did what Peter did that day. Why did Peter do that? Well, one, he had a relationship with God. He, he lived with Jesus. He, he was all about Jesus. He knew Jesus. But two, one of the reasons I think Peter responded that way is because he learned from his mistakes. He learned from stepping out of the boat onto the water and sinking. He learned from denying Jesus three times. He learned by calling, like, like Peter was like literally called Satan from Jesus. <laughs> like if that doesn't give you emotional scars, I don't know what will. Um, and, and, and so, but even him, he, he, he kind of persevered. He kept listening, kept walking. And, and I think that kind of builds your faith through those trials. And so I wish I had a better answer, but it, it's always awkward and it's hard and, and, it, and it's difficult. But I think just learning to, to, to keep hearing um, is kind of of the sweet spot. Yeah. Do you think validation or verification in the Bible is when you hear? For, like when God's speaking to me? Yeah. Oh, a thousand million percent. Um, yes, if that... Um, the question was, do I seek validation or verification on the things I hear from God? Um, the answer is yes. Um, very, very, very much so, because I don't trust myself, right? And as you said, you can, you can hear God, but not, sh be, but be not 100% sure that you heard from God. I'm, I'm running on my assumption that I'm hearing from God. And so, so if I am thinking that I'm hearing from God, I want to make sure that it lines up with Scripture because if it doesn't line up with Scripture, God's not going to ask me to go contrary to Scripture, right? So that's why that's why the Bible is so important. So if you can read Bible and have the Bible in your heart, it, it's, it helps that whole prayer process, the hearing from God process. God's not going to say, yeah, you know what? You've got feelings for your secretary, but you're married. Yeah, you go with her. She's, you're going to be happier with her. That's not that's not in the Bible. Like, but 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 the world would say, yeah, you know, you'd be happier there. Your marriage at home is bad. Well, that that makes perfect rational sense. I understand. Yeah. Oh, your your wife is mean to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do do that. Um, and then you pray. And the problem is, quite honestly, you can you always kind of hear what you want to hear, right? And, and sometimes sometimes God will speak to you 
or, or you'll think a thought. And I just, I'm just speaking purely for myself. I just don't trust myself enough because I realize that I can skew anything to make myself feel better. And, and, and so that's why I always go to scripture because I can't really skew that as much. Um, anybody else? Yes, from the floor. Totally. Yep. Yep. Question is, what do you think about fleeces and throwing out a fleece? Um, I actually am a big fan of fleeces. I know people, I know godly people who would disagree with me. Um, but I, I feel like, again, because I never really trust myself. Um, I, and the Bible doesn't necessarily speak specifically to issues um, like real-time issues speaks to issues in theory right but but there's certain like very specific things like should I buy a new cell phone and like like the answer you don't flip to like Psalm 34 and be like yes buy a new cell phone doesn't work like that right and, and so so sometimes um, yeah would you throw what I throw out a fleece I would um, our whole process of moving here for example um, I knew in my heart we were feeling that um, our time in Edmonton was coming to an end I, I knew that I knew that I was going to have to resign, but I didn't know what my next step was. Um, option, one of my options was, Shandy wasn't as excited about this, but I said, let's just sell all our stuff and we'll go into full-time itinerant ministry. We're going to tour reserves in Northern Canada and we're going to go bring Jesus to the lost. And uh, that sounded really exciting um, until Shandy's like, so we're going to homeschool four kids in a motor home. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, okay. So that one wasn't as likely, right? Um, there was a piece of me that always thought um, um, uh, maybe we'll plant a church in Montreal because, you know, in Quebec, there's, there's a great need for churches. I can speak French. Shandy is French. Our children are in French immersion. And so we're like, oh, this, this, this would make sense. Um, and then um, I got a phone call, and it was Pastor Andy. And Pastor Andy calls, and he says, hey, Adam, um, we have an opening on, on our team. Would you be interested in talking to me about this? Um, well, for me, I'm thinking like, oh man, like this is interesting timing. He didn't know like where my heart's at. Um, I'm in Winnipeg speaking at a conference. Meanwhile, Shandy on a whim before we left that weekend said, Adam, you know what I'm gonna do? While you're away, I'm gonna go to Vancouver Island. Well, this is when we're living in Edmonton. She's like, I'm going to Vancouver Island. I'm gonna go camping with the kids just outside of Victoria. I'm like, okay, sounds great. Until I get a call from Andy and Andy's saying, hey, would you consider coming to Victoria? And I'm thinking, what? Shandy's on the island, this is crazy. So Shandy and Andy and Lisa and everybody go to McDonald's together while, I, while I'm in Winnipeg. And it's like, wow, this is really amazing. And then so, so for me, um, afterwards, I, I'm asking myself, okay, was that a coincidence? Or was that God? Because I'm about to uproot my family of four um, and leave, and that's a big deal. I don't want to just do this out of coincidence. So that's where I started throwing out some fleeces, and I'd be like, "Okay, we have a board meeting coming up. Based on how this board meeting goes, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to read that, and we'll see." And the next one is like, "Okay, we have a staff retreat coming up. Based on how that goes, I'm going to read that." And I, I did. I had three fleeces, and they all lined up for me, and so we ran with it, um, and that's how I how I did that. Great. One more question. Front row. Looking snazzy. Isn't what seems to be doing? Some people say we are uh, going through dry seasons that God doesn't talk to us for us to speak to, or we always have them. Oh, great question. Question is, do we go through seasons, uh, like having a dry season where um, you, you may not hear God, and how, how does that work? Um, yeah, I think we would totally go through seasons. Um, I think... I'm always careful to speak on behalf of God. And so I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to say, okay, 
Yes, all those are seasons. Um, can God use seasons? Yes. Um, I would look at my own life and say, is there seasons where I struggled to hear God? Um, yeah, there was seasons where I struggled to hear God. There's, is there seasons where I heard God more clear than others? Yeah. In those seasons of having a hard time to hear God? Um, it all depends what you're asking. Like, because in that season, did I, did I feel distant from God? It's not that I felt distant from God. I kind of did. I just felt like he didn't necessarily care. Um, and, and so, I guess it does sound like it was pretty distant. But, but I, was, I was thinking that. <laughs> and, 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 and so, like, did I still pray? Did I still go to church? I still went. But I, 